This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome back for another OG Show Live. Mr. Randall, how you doing? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Reel Down... Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for News. Hi, boys and girls. Welcome to once again the Bass Cag uh, Brother, this is the final cast. Another segment of uh, Chasing the Tide, your saltwater connection on the Palatin. Welcome back, everyone. Another episode of Feather and Fur, your host. Welcome back to the Mindset Hey, welcome back to Off the Water. Happy here with Adventures of Outdoor Woman Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Rusty Hook Kayak Fishing Podcast. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, go to eastport.info. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. What's going on, Facebook Live, YouTube, boys and girls of the podcast platform? Welcome back, Mr. Randall. Mr. Schiller. How you doing, sir? Peachy, brother. I'm, uh, I'm looking this up so I get it correct. Uh, we're coming up to our winter break. So just so you guys know, uh, podcasts will be light in the month of December. Uh, we will be uh, uh, taking a break around December 10th, coming back January 9th. Uh, we've had an epic year, so uh, all our boys and girls are going to take a much-needed break. Uh, so just give you guys a heads up there. Um, we will. I know Jay and I have a couple extra shows scheduled because... We've uh, missed some throughout the the, uh, the year, so we'll be we'll be doing a couple extra bonus episodes and stuff like that. So, um, 
just be on the lookout for that. But uh, the rest of our folks will be, our guest is in the chat, says hello. <laughs> it, it's it's almost like liking your own post when you like on Facebook or something. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so just wanted to bring that up, bring it to everybody's attention, you know, so you didn't uh, pop in and you were like, hey, where is everybody? So uh, Mr. Wally's in the house. Hope you're feeling good, my man. Uh, he's recovering. I know uh, I've been talking to him a little bit. He's got a big buck running around, so I'm I'm wishing him well so we can get out there and uh, get after it. Oh yeah. <laughs> Mike says if you if you don't like your own post, then why post it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> Oh, the shenanigans 50. have already started. Yeah, another it has already minutes. started. <laughs> so our guest guest tonight, Mike McKinstry, announced some uh, some pretty awesome news. Uh, we're super happy for him. Uh, he's coming to the Discovery Network, which is pretty cool, man. It's it's cool to see uh, kayak fishing continuing to make waves and make it to that big stage. You know, so we're going to talk to him about that. Get some updates on the board game because uh, I know he's been teasing some stuff on that, and uh, I know that's getting getting ready to be released or it is released. I'm not 100 percent sure. So, oh, Dwayne sending me photos of of a new buck. I have to share these, Dwayne. <laughs> Dwayne, we're working. Okay. Dwayne, send me send me GPS coordinates. If you can't make yeah. it there, I will. <laughs> but there you go. Because because this uh, this looks like a pretty good deer. Not gonna lie not gonna lie those g3s are are like just giant so nice nice well enough uh chitter chatter let's uh let's get the man of the hour in here mr mike mckinstry the basquatch hunter himself hey what's going on <laughs> yeah oh hi fancy meeting you here <laughs> yeah, he's even he's even got his own sound effects queued up yeah I yeah yeah how's it going guys good man good to have you back as usual some exciting stuff on the basquatch platform dude it's so good i feel like this is like uh the equivalency of going to like the bahamas for your first time every time i come on here like it's just you don't want to leave you know (laughs) yep uh (laughs) i'm not sure who this is but uh facebook user says mike congrats on the new achievement i think you need to go hunting for sasquatch in an episode I didn't know you could. Can you be anonymous in comments? Uh, well, in the Facebook group that we stream in. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. You know, what's funny is I was actually warned, like, no joke verbatim, that I'm not allowed to do Sasquatch hunting episodes. <laughs> oh, because they got that uh, couple Sasquatch hunting shows, right? On Discovery. Yeah. Well, it's not even that. It's, uh, I mean, do you want to get into this part right now? <laughs> Well, let, let's back it up. Let's back it up. I mean, so, explain it real quick, but so how did this all come about? Did Discovery approach you? Did you approach Discovery? Like, how did uh, this so all start? So, the owner of Discovery Channel actually sat outside my house for like eight days and wouldn't leave until I agreed to talk to him. I'm just joking. Um, yeah. So, Discovery Channel, like, you're like, wait, what? Discovery Channel is a bunch of uh, creeps. Like, what is this? Yeah. No. So, uh, uh, what's crazy is I wasn't even obviously I went to them um, to answer your question, but uh, I wasn't expecting discovery channel. Like, to be honest with you, like I wasn't um, my targets weren't set on discovery channel. It was one of those things where 
Discovery Channel is the biggest network in the country. They just merged with Warner Brothers. So they're like, you know, Animal Planet, History Channel, Discovery. Like there's 33 channels now underneath their umbrella. So they're huge. Sure. And we've been on the Pursuit Channel for three years now. And we've been doing great. We've been winning awards every year. We've been ranking really high on the network. Our viewers have gone up every single year. Um, like everything's going great. Streaming numbers are awesome. And uh, I was like, you know, I really want to look into, uh, I filmed an episode with a sports reporter from Bally Sports. Mm-hmm. And when I was there in Chicago with her, I was like, you know, I've, I've, I've been kind of considering airing my show on Bally Sports because that's where I watch my hockey games at. And like, you know, it's it's like a it's a big network, but it's also like Bally Sports is regional. So you can like get more fine tuned with areas like there's some some cool stuff about it. So I was kind of thinking about Bally Sports because I want to grow the show as much as I could. Well, then uh, an agency I work with uh, started talking to me about Discovery Channel and they just kind of like blew over it in conversation. And I was like, whoa, hold on. Like you can pitch me to discovery channel and they're like, yeah, are you interested? It's a crazy process and most people get denied. So don't expect anything. I'm like, yeah, uh, I want to do that. <laughs> I was, that's literally how it started. I was just like, wait a minute. That's, that's a thing. I want to do that. Like, yeah, what do I got to do? I'll do whatever it takes. And uh, I went through five rejections, dude, like five rejections. And these rejections aren't like, no, the rejections were emails like this long. Like, sure like of why I was rejected. So it's not like just a no, it's like, let me tell you why you're not good enough. Like, let me, let me break it down into like at one Oh three in this video, we don't like this. And at one ten, we don't like that either. And this should be this. And it's like, that's how detailed the rejections were. So I was like, all right, like, and I've got a, a, a long history of sales and I did door to door sales at one point even. So like rejection to me is motivation. So like, I'm like, all right, let's go. After like the third or fourth rejection, I was like, man, are they going to tell me to go away? Like, what, how many times can I keep on doing this? Like, if I'm just like working harder and working harder. So well, uh, as you as you did that, though, did the list get shorter? No. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Like, they have a great production team there. So they're like, I mean, they're going through like audio clips and like, you know, they're like, there's one frame that was off in an edit and like one frame, you know, and it's 30 frames per second. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of frames. They like, that's how close they watched it. Like one frame there was black and it wasn't supposed to be. And I was like, what? Like, I didn't even catch that. I edited the darn thing. So it, like it was bad, but either way we got approved on our, uh, our fifth entry. And uh, it was funny because the entry email was just as long <laughs> of like, Hey, this is great. This is the best one you sent, but here's what I would improve on moving forward. And it was just like, and I was like, all right, like, this is fun. Like I get challenged. Like, this is cool. Uh, so then we had to go, that was the agency approval. That wasn't even like the full approval. The full approval came like three, four weeks later um, when discovery's production team went through it all over again and just, you know, double checked our brand and everything. Um, then we got finally approved. But what's crazy is, so I didn't sell my show. Like, there's two ways to get on cable in this world and you can sell your show or you can not sell your show. And, and there's, that's literally it. Either the network buys you and owns everything you do and can cancel you at any moment and you lose everything and they make all the revenue off your show or you own your show and you deal with everything and you have all the, the risk and everything and you deal with all the ad revenue. And it's, it's two different aspects. Um, I chose to not sell my show. I, I won't sell my show. Um, I don't want to ever lose control of what I do or lose content or, you know, they could, they could buy a season from me and then cancel me after one episode if it didn't go as well as they wanted. And then I lose everything and I can't compete with them. So sure. anyway, so they contacted me and they're like, yeah, you know, uh, congratulations. You know, you got the approval. And I was like, oh, okay. Like now it's real. You know, now I'm like, holy crap. Like six months ago, I wasn't thinking this was going to work. 
And now I get to announce publicly that we're going to air on the Discovery Channel. Like, that's insane. The last kayak fishing show on Discovery Channel was in 2015, I believe, the year before I started kayak fishing. And it was uh, like a Hawaii-based kayak thing where they go out and kayak and the, the locals hated this guy for some reason or the show it was just like really unauthentic and it lasted for like a half a season that was canceled and then in 2011 there was a kayak show um that was like ocean fishing i think it was and it was in sit inside kayaks in 2011 obviously and uh that show made it i think six episodes i believe maybe maybe more but it was less than a full season and it got canceled so i was looking at that track record and i was like all right, so I got to outdo this. Like, I got to make sure that I'm the first kayak bass fishing show. Um, well, we don't always do bass, but kayak bass fishing show themed ish show on Discovery Channel. I got to make sure that I set a really good example for the sport and let people know that it's not going to go away in three episodes. You know, I got to let sure. people know that. So that's one of the reasons why I want to control my show too, which it's crazy how much work it entails and what it, what it, and what it entails. But, um, you know, since they don't own my show, the rules get tougher too, because if they own your show, that means their production crew handles everything. Their editors handle everything. Their writers handle everything. Like you have no control over your show anymore. You're just like, you go in and read your lines and leave kind of thing. Like it sucks. Sure. Uh, I mean, it's cool for some people. I shouldn't say it sucks, but it's just not what I want to do. So since they don't control any of that stuff and I have to manage all that stuff, the list of rules that I have are like, I mean, it's like, like I can't do Sasquatch hunting, which they like for some reason made sure because they were confused about my branding. So they're like, we don't want any Sasquatch hunting. Like that's, we don't want that. It's Discovery Channel. It's not what we want. Um, no firearms, no, um, no blood on fish. Like the, just these rules are like, but I get it because they can't control how it's portrayed. Like, so sure. I get it. Yeah, totally yeah, yeah. get it. Like we had to cancel our paintball gun episode because it just, they didn't want us to misrepresent anything or do anything wrong because they can't control it and if i get them in God. trouble that's a whole different world i don't want to be in i just gotta say that stuff is so silly i mean i, I agree even but even for paintball i get it no i get it dude there's rules but i mean it's like it's just silly like these guys need to just take a step back and well relax just yeah, the way relax. i look at it so my my knee-jerk reaction was the same thing where i was like are you kidding me like this is no fun like so no fun yeah. i get it but yeah. then like after I let sit more, I was like, you know what? What if I'm doing a paintball gun episode and we're all being idiots and I shoot like my buddy in the face or like do something dumb that I think is funny and like gimmicky or something. And then Discovery Channel airs it. I mean, they have a huge quality control department. They'll probably catch it first, but yeah. they aired it. And now people are like, oh, cool. Discovery Channel is promoting unsafe use of paintball guns or like, yeah. I, I think it's just guns, just period. It it's could be because they were strict on that too, which I get though too, because yeah. if, you know, even, even, you know, a pro gun person like myself, I understand that if guns are misrepresented incorrectly, yeah. it's yeah. even more dangerous than representing them correctly. So yeah. if you don't have control over it, it's different. So it changed my episodes a lot because when, when we first applied for this, we were told the agency was flat out like, Hey, you're going to get rejected. Like, like pretty much expect it. Like it's, it's thousands of people apply for this, like just be ready. And then once we got our rejections, it, it, we were already filming for next year. Like we already started filming. And you know how it is up here in the north. Like we only have a small window in the fall to start filming before winter comes in. So we're like, we're going full ahead as if we're getting accepted. So we hired more crew members. Like my producer brought out like the big, like, you know, 20 something thousand dollar cinema cameras that we don't bring on the water that often. Um, like we started doing everything like really, like we went to Chicago with like a three or four person crew. We flew one of our camera guys in for one day for one of the shoots and like we started taking the show so much more seriously and, and I hired a new editor, um, which I'm really excited about. Um, so it'll be the first time I'm not editing my own show. And 
the the requirements that they want are just out of my league. I mean, I just I needed to hire a professional at this point. So sure, but like, we, we upped everything. Like we're filming the show so much better, and, and we're and we're formatting it better. So it's still the same show that I've always done. But when we film it and when we set it up, it's just it's set up. The structure of it is so much better now. Like all the things I wanted to do in the past, but we didn't have the budget to do it or enough camera guys to do it or the right cameras to do it. Now we can do all those things. Like now we're like now we're pulling out all the big guns and, um, you know, really doing some big stuff. And, and this is only a start, you know, because now that we're on Discovery Channel, as long as we don't screw it up, not on wood here, um, we'll be on it for many years and it'll help us get a lot bigger guests, a lot bigger brands involved in the sport. Um, a lot more eyes on the sport of kayak fishing too, which is huge. Like we're going to put that big spotlight over the sport, hopefully. And yeah, man. I just hope that people see it and go, Oh, all right. Like this, not only does this exist, but this is like a serious thing. Like I turned on the discovery channel and saw this sport. So now it's, now it's real. Like now it's like nationally accepted where it's just as normal as, is anything else you see on that network. So I'm really hoping that that really uh, gives a big boost you know, someone once told me a rising tide raises all ships. And I truly yeah. believe that if we just put that spotlight on it, like it just opens up, you know, sponsorship opportunities for everybody and networking opportunities for everybody. And hopefully my show does really well and they want more content and they want more fishing shows on there and more kayak based shows on there. And it could open up a huge opportunity for someone else. You know what I mean? So like, I'm hoping this really like gets that first big push that it needed, you know, that it hasn't had in a while. So let's, let's knock on wood again and see. We got uh, Darius in the chat. He says, so happy for you again, bro. Hard work pays off, and you deserve that discovery deal. That was the guy that you did an episode with, right? Or the you yeah. ran into him on the water, and his kayak was sinking or something, right? Yeah, he's actually one of my best yeah. friends now. Um, That's awesome. like, I was just talking to him right before we got the podcast, actually. Um, That's awesome. Super cool dude. But yeah, he, I met him, and I threw him a life jacket. I, I met at a, at a boat ramp randomly, and he wasn't yeah. wearing a life jacket. And I was like, Hey man, take this kayak sank like 10 minutes later. And luckily me and my camera guy caught it and, uh, he ended up flipping. Yeah, it was crazy. So we got a new kayak out of it and, uh, filmed an episode together and now we're friends. <laughs> we got, uh, Armando has a question in the chat. How does going to discovery channel compare to when you met Jay for the first time? <laughs> <laughs> this is All a tough right. one. This is a tough one. Even for me. So, <laughs> You know how that feeling you get when like you sleep in class and you're like pajama day and you're wearing silk pajama pants and you first wake up and you get that tingling feeling through your whole body. So that's exactly what it was like the first time I found out I was on Discovery Channel. See, I got you on that one. You thought I was going the other way. You thought I was going weird. <laughs> Dude, I'm just waiting. Like maybe, like, maybe just, whatever. Maybe maybe this whole discovery thing will keep you on the road where you're not going off script. <laughs> uh, like there, like there's a script yeah i was gonna say off script are you telling me there's rules on this podcast i don't know so, so uh, <laughs> getting, getting back to the subject ahead, Brian, we, gotta, take us we, away. we gotta we gotta throw the comedy in there when we can right <laughs> but no it's interesting man because it was super curious i'm super curious about it like i've talked to you personally privately you know about tv and things like that and you know, I was curious because I know you've been editing all your shows uh, for the Pursuit channel. So, like, you know, and you kind of touched on it. Um, you know, if you would have sold your show to them, then it would be all their crew taking care of it. Where it seems like you've you've brought more people in. You've up, upped gear, upped the editing with a professional editor, things like that. So, 
you know, you said it's going to pretty much be the same show you've always made, but do you see anything new coming about with all that stuff? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I hope there's, you know, bigger guests involved and, and, and not bigger as far as, uh, um, like popularity wise like i don't really look for guests with social media followings that doesn't really that's not what i look for i look for well if you need a big fat guy dude i'll sign up right yeah well i didn't mean big in size necessarily i meant like (laughs) like big personalities like just big like like we just had a dairy farmer we filmed with and he's like one of the coolest dudes i've like ever met like i i offered to come back and help at the farm again i was like dude this was like a great time and even with fishing he was like dude i want to do this again he's like that was so cool to like learn how to kayak fish he's like i'm in love with it now I'm like, dude, I actually liked working with cows all day. Like, it was actually kind of fun. Like, it gave me purpose for the whole day. There was always sure. something going on. My ADD loved the dairy farm. My smell hated it, but my ADD loved it. There was so much, so much going on, like so much to look out for and watch out for. And, you know, it was just such a cool experience. So I, I just hope this opportunity, like I said, it's going to bring in bigger bigger guests and bigger sponsors and bigger brands and bigger awareness. And that's, that's my hope for it all. But, like, we brought on um, a new sponsor this year that's first time ever, ever, working in the outdoor industry, which is shocking to me because they're in the outdoor industry almost. But uh, we brought in Amerigas Propane and I've been, uh, we've been working together for a year and a half, actually. We just didn't, we haven't haven't been able to make it official. Um, Everything that happened in the Ukraine, they're based out of Europe. They're an energy company, the largest in the country. And uh, when everything in Ukraine happened, like everything got like halted from that company. So like we've actually been working together for a long time. We just haven't been able to do anything together or, or announce it or do anything until this year. Um, but like Amerigas, for example, the largest propane distributor in the country, like huge outdoors company, like, you know, clean energy, like they're such a great company. And now that they're involved in the fishing world or even just like the outdoor sports world for the first time ever, I feel like that's going to open up a lot of opportunity too. And that's kind of what I was talking about with the show. I just hope it brings a big spotlight on it. Cause now, now our sports on the radar of one of the largest propane or one of the largest energy companies, the largest propane distributor. And like that could be so big for the sport because they could bring an opportunity. They could see value in what I'm doing and see good success in what I'm doing and start looking around the sport sure. and going like, all right, well, who else? Like, let's expand on the sport now or like let's expand in the outdoors period and see what else we can do. And that's kind of what I'm hoping like really happens with the show. Cause the more opportunity I get, the more the sport gets and the more the sport gets, the longer we all have a job, like the longer we all have something to build off of and, you know, bring in future generations into the sport is how we elongate it. And, you know, it's just, it's really important that people, especially people who are like towards the, I, it sounds weird saying this, so I don't mean to sound like a jerk, but like towards the top of the sport, um, like the people that are on the top of the sport, it's like their job to try to build the lower parts of the sport. So we have a better foundation. Um, that way it can keep on pushing everybody up that way it just keeps on doing this um, so i feel like that's the biggest job i have is to make sure that with discovery we bring on bigger guests bigger awareness bigger sponsors uh, bigger networks um, you know just do the best we can just to let everyone know the sport's super serious and some people in it are very serious about it too and there's actually real like opportunity um in the sport so it's it'll be a lot of fun hopefully it helps you guys out too like everybody you know well the, there's been a lot of chatter about that in recent years i know especially on the national kayak uh fishing trails you know it's like all right yeah we we have you know this kayak company sponsoring the event or you know yak attack or yak gear or yak gadget or you know, Werner paddles or, you know, whatever it may be. It was all stuff like within the sport. And that was one thing, the one topic of conversation that's been pretty hot and heavy is like, 
we need to get these things outside of the kayak fishing world to put eyes on us and put dollars into the you know the spotlight and it's it's pretty much spot on what you're talking about what you're doing right now especially with that partnership with amerigas you know like yep that's huge man i mean that's bringing in some revenue to the space that wasn't there at all you know what i mean and i'm hoping they expand that like I, it's that's my goal with everybody i work with is i hope that what i do for them gives them more um even if it's a kayak-based company like gives them more stability in the sport itself like it's important that we don't like we don't forget the brands that made our sport or still make our sport you know like all the kayak sure. brands accessory brands stuff like that um like they're already in our space and without them we wouldn't have a space so like working with them is huge to me. Like even if, if Pepsi called me tomorrow and offered me a hundred thousand dollars for a year to work with them, I wouldn't do it if it would affect my relationship with all my other little sponsors. Like I wouldn't have to get rid of all the other guys to get one big one. You know what I mean? Sure, sure, um, sure. And, and I just had this debate with my producer recently about like Bass Pro Shop is, you know, it's so hard to work with a company that owns everything like that because they yeah. want you in their kayaks, their, you know, Johnny Morris branded everything, like, you know, everything yeah. in their brand, which is great. And, you know, they have awesome benefits and they're a great group of people. But if that makes you have to get rid of every other brand that's been with you since day one and that really feeds our sport, is it really worth it? No, it's not. It's not worth right. it because now I'm taking away from the sport instead of building it. Yeah. So so that's Agreed. that's why it's really important when we get these non-endemic sponsors in here, like the brands that aren't fishing related, not only do we make sure that those help elevate the brands in the sport too, but we also make sure that those brands we're bringing in are going to benefit those brands. Like having, having a propane company. I know it sounds like non-fishing related, but me and the marketing uh, the marketing director over there have had a lot of talks over the last year or two about all this stuff. And we came up with so many creative ways to have like propane tanks with barbecues, with accessories that mount on barbecues or like, you know, kayak accessories can mount anywhere pretty much. So like there's ways to intertwine things together where you get like, I always say that a chain is stronger when the links are connected than it is when they're disconnected. So trying to link all these brands together in fun ways, like just something different. Like, sure. you know, I have to go to a propane conference in, in Minnesota or wherever it's at, it's weird, Texas or something, wherever it's at. Um, I can go there promoting the sport of kayak fishing to a bunch of propane, like, you know, outlets, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's really important that we intertwine all those things together. So like, there's so many brands that we can pull in the sport that are related, but like, like uh big vacation rental companies or log cabin home builders or cleaning supplies or uh, you know, tire companies, like so many companies that benefit our sport already, but they're just not in our space right now. Sure. And that's the kind of brands that I think all the top people in the sport should really be going after because giving them any market share that they don't have is always more profitable than giving someone who's only got kayak fishing market share, more market share. You know what right. I mean? Like right. there's an echo chamber eventually that you just hear the same brands repeatedly over and over where you're not really getting any new potential buyers. You're getting viewers, but not converting them into buyers yeah. where if it's a brand new company in the industry it's you know everyone gets that excitement about it and then they get a really good return especially in the first couple of years when they're new into the sport because that's something that new we can all stand behind so it's always important to have a good healthy mix between those two is get the ones that benefit our sport even if they're not directly related like amerigas like you know how many people live on propane that are right. huge outdoors people um and, and then barbecuing obviously on top of that mm -hmm. um and getting brands like that that feed what we already do is super important. And I challenge everybody out there who, whether you have nobody that follows you yet, or you have a huge following, try to think of brands when you're thinking of sponsors, think of brands that can not only benefit you, but benefit the sport as a whole, uh, because that's where we all win. That's, it really is. It's like not to be cheesy, but it's, we all win when the sport wins. 
Man, the first person that comes to mind is Catherine Field and and loves truck stops. You know, like she deserves that. She posts so more bad. loves. I see more more loves posts. I do fish posts from her. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Totally agree. But we should get but, loves the sponsor because seriously, think yeah. about like like Bucky's down south. Like, yeah. Yeah. it's it's iconic. Every fisherman, whether you're Kevin Van Dam or you're the smallest you know fisherman in the world, like Jay Randall, like. Um, you can have, <laughs> I love you, buddy. Like you can seriously have a benefit by promoting like, you know, a loves truck stop area. Cause then sure. if it gets our sport, then when we see it on the road, we relate to it more. It becomes part of our ingrained culture and it's just a cool opportunity. I challenge people to go after loves truck stop. That's a cool one. Actually. I think I they're agree. nationwide. I think. I agree. Yeah. They're down here too. I've never been to a Bucky's. I, oh, dude, it's a new experience. I still have never yet. I'm always like, yeah, I've been on the road for like 12 hours and I'm like, do I really want to stop here and waste two hours? Or you do, though, for real. Try? It's like a mix between Walmart, a Dollar General and uh, 7-Eleven. It's, it's, a, it's a gas incredible. station of America. Yeah, it, it literally. Yeah, it literally is. It's got dude. there's like rhinestone skulls of like bulls and stuff there in Texas. Like and they're like 300 bucks. Like they're just like sitting there like 20 different styles, like covered in like bedazzled stuff. Like there's well, they like, got a couple everything. right in Georgia, too. Oh, do one. they? I don't know where they. So I, one for sure. I know they're down south. I just I've only yeah. seen them in Texas. I don't. But I've never been. All the billboards about them are always about how clean the bathrooms are. Yeah, <laughs> like they're always about, and there and there's some kind of I mean, a like nuance to when when you got go, you want a clean bathroom, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, do they have like? Is it like a truck stop bathroom? Now? Like do they have showers and stuff? Because that's important. If it's, I'm assuming they probably do. Yeah, I how believe large they, they do. Are. Yeah. Oh yeah, that I have. If somebody yeah. from down south is tuning in and or has been to a Bucky's, let us know. Yeah, someone comment on here. Let me know the status of the Bucky's bathrooms. <laughs> yeah, well, I know we've all been to a couple, like you know, truck stop gas stations or whatever. They have like the train spotting bathroom like situation. <laughs> you like you go in there and you're like, uh, I don't even want to hover in here. <laughs> yeah. Like you're just like, I'm gonna go behind the building. I feel, I feel <laughs> you hold your mouth the whole time you're in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, there's some I don't even want to. It's like I think my shoes are gonna fall off. That's like just funny. like stick to the ground while you're walking. I mean, it's so bad in there. You put like little bags <laughs> over your shoes before you walk in. <laughs> oh, dude, some of them. It's like you know, it's a bad bathroom when you first walk in and you and you stall, and you just and you haven't even closed the door behind you yet. You're just like I don't know if I can even enter this room completely. Yeah, you're like, like, it's gonna, like <laughs> yeah. I need penicillin right now. Yeah, or? I don't. I don't yeah. know. Jay's been hanging out, but, <laughs> dude. Uh, <laughs> I've there's been some seedy places, man. <laughs> oh, geez. Getting back to Discovery. So, oh yeah, I I know oh, yeah. Discovery's been buying a lot or given a lot of air time on discovery plus are you going to be on the actual discovery channel or will you be on discovery plus or both or i will be how on, does that all work out i'll be on the actual discovery channel cable um but i'll also be on the discovery go app um, okay it won't be on their discovery plus subscription thing um, okay but i'll be on the discovery ghost or discovery go streaming app um and then i'm on with pursuit up um I think I have it in front of me somewhere. They're on like, oh, here you go. With Pursuit Channel. Let's fumble these papers. Um, so are you still going to be on Pursuit Channel? Oh, yeah. Well? So I'm airing I'm airing 26 weeks still. On, I'm airing 104 episodes on uh, total airings, I guess, on Pursuit still. I have, I have a really solid following on Pursuit Channel where 
like I, I don't think I'll ever leave Pursuit Channel. I'll always have that as you know a full season or double season. I, I re-air everything twice on there. So um we have such a good following on there, man. And it's such a cool network. Like they're like family. Like I've been on it for three years and I literally like I trust I, those people. Yeah, I just didn't know if there was like a conflict of interest there because you were gonna be on Discovery now. Did Pursuit nope. not so want another you or, of... or vice versa with Discovery not wanting you on Pursuit? Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, that's another beauty of owning the rights to your show still yeah. um, is I have right to air whatever I want. I can air on nine networks if I want right now. Um, and until someone buys my show, they can't tell me what to do on it pretty much. I mean, they can give me guidelines, but, you yeah, know, so, like on Pursuit Channel, it's on uh, AT&T U-verse, Comcast, Dish, Sling, uh, DirecTV, um, CenturyLink, all these things. And then on streaming... You can get it on Samsung TV Plus, which I just found this out recently. If you have a Samsung Smart TV, like automatically from the store, it has Samsung Smart Plus or Samsung TV Plus on the bottom of the app menu. And it's like free cable. Like it's yeah. li like live cable. But I didn't know that it existed until recently. And I've been on there for three years. Uh, so if you go on there, the Pursuit Channel is free on there. So you can watch Pursuit Channel, every show on Pursuit Channel on there. Then Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, then the Apple Store, Google Store, Zumo, X, uh, Xfinity Flex, Roku, and Vizio. So we're on a crap load of streaming platforms already. So Discovery Go is just another one. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it's a big one, obviously. Discovery Go is huge. But it's just another streaming platform um, where uh, the cable channel is going to be huge for us. Like We're going to be airing Saturday mornings. That's the only time they air fishing shows like that. Yeah. Uh, and that's what's so cool about it is these opportunities to air on discovery channel where they don't own your show. They give you a, this big of a window one day a week. And that's, that's the only opportunity they give people to do that because they don't want everyone to do that. They want to make the money on their own show. Sure. So the more of their own shows air, they make all the ad revenue for it. They, you know, they make all the money for it. It's all theirs. They own it the, you know, merchandising, everything um, where the shows they don't own, they get paid their fees and they get, you know, whatever they get paid their ad spaces, all they get paid everything that they need to get paid for it, but they have no control over it. So the better my show does, they don't make more money. So um, they, they give you such a small window. So to be able to get one of those spots is super tough. Like I'm telling you like thousands of people get rejected on this all the time. Like it's just, it's crazy because this is the way that people would want to go because it's, you don't have to sell your show. So if they don't want to buy your show then you can still get on the network if they approve you for it. Like if you go through the sure. whole process and you make it through it, then you can still air on the network. Um, but it's just a crazy approval process. Like I, I'm so grateful I got to go through it because I've never had feedback like that on my show. You know, like I usually have like other fishermen tell me or like strangers tell me or like my family and friends. They tell me their opinions on my show, but I feel like it's always like, yeah, it's great. And that's it. You know what I mean? Sure, sure, sure. You're like, getting honest professional feedback. But dude, it's so cool because like he'll say stuff like you can't cut from a wide shot to this wide shot. You need to have this in between and your audio peaked at this time and blah, blah. He's like going through all these things and then like color grading and all this stuff. And I was like, dude, no one's ever critiqued my stuff this hard. Like, I love it. Like, I had no idea what I was doing wrong until someone told me. So like, sure. there's no book on this really. So like I didn't go to school to edit video. Um, well, correction, I did four years of video school, but it was before digital. So I didn't, I didn't, we didn't do it on computers. Um, right. or it was like a, is a different system kind of thing. But either way, it was VHS tapes. You had a wheel that you had to turn and it was crazy. Um, so like, I didn't know what I was doing. So being able to get one of those time slots and being able to actually air on the Discovery Channel and having their critiques and their feedback is like the one, one of those valuable things I've been able to get for sure. It's crazy. No, I could definitely see that because, you know, it's uh, we get that all the time, you know, like love the podcast. It's great. What can we do better? 
nothing, man. It's it's awesome. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas having that professional feedback from an outside source um, can help you be better and make a better production at the end of the day. I think that. Jane needs a better background. That's my critique. You know, it's funny. It's like you're inside my head. <laughs> I was just thinking, I was like, I remember somebody saying something about backgrounds and I was like, I got nothing behind me right now. Yeah. At yeah, least like, well, not that great put like, a, like get a crayon out and draw like a weird picture and just put it behind you. Just have something. Just or have you, something. you can green I, screen I, yours. You I, know? I do have something. It's right there. It's uh, right there. <laughs> the logo that's on the screen. Yeah. Yeah, the logo already it's came with. Wall. Are you sure? It sure looks like it's on my go wall. Go to Akinko's, print that out like twenty-four <laughs> by twenty-four. Tape it to the back. There you go. Seat. There you go. Look at Brian. Brian's yeah. all of a sudden in a living room. Nice yeah. piano. Nice yeah, piano, man. buddy. That's his other house. Oh, okay. I, he just just yeah. transferred camera. I, I play the piano pretty well. Yeah. He does. I'm not gonna. Lie. I've heard you of being, you being serious. No. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, holy crap! Oh, We're discovering something about Brian here. Hold on, Mozart. Yeah. Yeah, he's over there. My arms like half in, half out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's trying to line his arm up for eight minutes while I was sitting there watching, going, Is he going to do it? Is he going to get it? Will it make noise? Wouldn't some say you have too much going on in your background, Mikey? I mean, Uh, so this is my office. So that's, I know what it is. I get that. Oh, yeah, you've been here. Forgot. So a lot of people actually say that. They're like, Dude, your background's like, there's a lot. Well, usually my camera's tighter too. Like, I usually don't have it wide like this. It usually cuts like just wide of the, picture but this picture was uh the street artist that we filmed with we did an episode with the one that caught his pike on his first time he's ever t- caught a fish in his life and it was the coolest thing ever uh he painted this i can move so you can see it, oh, it that way. so he painted that as a gift to the show and uh that became a backdrop so i have a lot of books i've i've read most of them or at least looked at most of them but they're all from like 1800s early 1900s most of them at least and uh so it is busy, but it's like it's literally like the best example of me. Like, they made picture books in the 1800s, dude. I wish, man. Oh, actually, I have a Sears <laughs> they're like the pop up kind have, uh, <laughs> over there. I have a Sears and Roebuck 1908 catalog where you could buy a house for like two grand. That's um, cool. That's, that's cool. That's a picture book, somewhat. That's over there. Um, that is super there's some cool. cool stuff in this room, and, and it's so chaotic and in and, and, like hectic and so much going on at once that i feel like it's like a really good example of like how i am so <laughs> i like it as my backdrop that's very cool man very cool so i mean did did discover discovery offer to buy your show or um i didn't give him a chance i didn't even look into that part to be honest with you i didn't even okay. get a chance to um so my uh agent i was dealing with did tell me that like um you know they might approach you after they see your show after how it, how it does on the air blah blah and I was like, that's cool. It's not going to change my opinion. Like they could offer me a million dollars. And I would say no, to be honest with you. Like I'm, I'm not going to sell my content. Because, like I've seen it happen. There's a, a show in Michigan and uh, lasted for three seasons a couple of years ago. And uh, it was a car, like a car based show. And uh, dude's like a half hour from me. And like, I watched his place blow up. Like when he was on, on TV, he was just like, I think it was on true TV. Um, it was huge. Like, he he couldn't take on work because it was he could only film for the show he could only do cars for the show he couldn't do any other one else's work because he was so busy and i was like man it's so cool then next year it's like oh man it's so cool like people were lined up outside to get autographs and meet the people i'm like oh it's so cool the next year he got canceled now he went bankrupt lost his business and because you can't compete like he had to sign a non-compete clause so he can't just start his business back up like it was before the show because now the show owns all the content and it owns the yeah. name and owns so now he and he turned down work for three years 
So now he has nothing. Like he's starting over from scratch in a totally different branded business, like different name, different everything, trying to start over. And it's like, I, I've actually heard of that happening quite a few times with shows. Um, you know, it, it's not that bad if it's a show like American Pickers, because obviously like you can still go picking and still have your stores kind of thing. But when it's sure. a show that's when it's a show that's like based around like, you know, a character or based around a theme or based around a sport, even like that, when you can't compete with it, like I can't have a YouTube channel. I can't have a show on a different network. I can't go back to just airing on pursuit or whatever I wanted to do. So it's like they own, they own my content. So like monetarily sure. I'm sure it's awesome. Like if you have a show that lasts for 20 years, then yeah, obviously that's a smart choice to do to sell your show. But unless sure. you have a show that you know is going to make it, I mean, think how many shows actually run that long. You know what I mean? Like it's not very common that out no. of hundreds of shows that get canceled every year. It's not very often that one lasts for 10 years or more. And that's the only way I'd see it worth it is if you're getting paid for 10 years for your show, that definitely could be enough where you're like, all right, well, if it gets canceled after 10 years, I'm probably set, you know, I'm probably good where I can do something on the side and just not do a show anymore, but still do my job or do what I want to do and not care if I have a following anymore, make money on it anymore. You know what I mean? But if you have two years, three years on the air, then they take everything and then you're not allowed to use it anymore. Like that's crippling. Yeah. Yeah, no. that's rough. I know there's been instances too, I think, where, you know, some shows have somewhat been canceled or, or um, you know, those shows decide to to leave said uh, station and go like to other platforms like YouTube and things like that where um, they can make more money off the monetization there versus what they were on TV. And you know, which kind of leads me to my next question. You know, it's like right now with the day and age we're in where cable TV seems to be phasing out a little bit. Does that worry you at all? Like, no, not at all. I mean, you're still on a lot of streaming platforms. So I'm wondering if that was part of your decision to, to kind of do that, because it seems like TV's kind of going away and everything's going to that streaming kind of uh format because people want stuff now you know what yep. i mean they don't want to sit through commercials and things like that they just you know and it all started with the dvr i think you know like when you could record a show so you could yep. you know with skip TiVo. through all the ads and yeah TiVo. TiVo yeah yeah tivo yeah yeah for sure so i mean is was that part of your decision on on being able to keep your stuff and you know are you worried about like all right now i'm going to make this big push to discovery you know is that going to taper off is that going to hurt you at all well of course cable is uh cable's always going down um from where it was it doesn't mean that it's not growing still but it's just not growing like it used to um the cool part is, is every major cable network including discovery um has transitioned to digital you know what i mean so like if you don't have cable Almost everybody has like what I have. I have, well, I have cable too, um, mainly because just because of hockey games and stuff, but, um, and it's cheaper for some reason to have cable and internet than just internet with Comcast. But either way, uh, sorry, I was reading a comment. I got totally distracted. I was reading a comment. <laughs> I didn't mean, I didn't mean to pop it up to distract no, it's you. Fine. I was just like, all right, well, you know me, dude. I get distracted. I wanted to segue into that though. Yeah. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll finish reading that again in a second. Um, so, sorry. I don't even know what I was saying now. What was I saying? You were saying how great I am. <laughs> oh, where'd I leave off? I, I mean, pretty much a great. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much before you started. 
What was I saying for real though? I completely forgot. You're you're basically talking about how and I agree with you that oh the streaming. Know, yeah, that yeah. a lot of the a lot of the, the channels have gone to apps now. Now they're streaming yeah. on all yeah. these how all we watch TV these days. So even if cable does well, go away. That was their answer to the de- decline of cable itself because like yeah. I have Netflix and Disney Plus and um, HBO Max and Hulu and all these different things because every one of them has their own exclusive show that I want to watch or their own movies or whatever, sure. you know. Sure. So every network got smart to this, you know, and this goes back to the um, the Redbox days um, where they started seeing that movie rentals weren't going anywhere anymore. And then they saw cable started going down when the internet came up. And, yeah. and that's when you, the YouTube generation started, when everyone started making money on YouTube because it's, you know, and that's another thing too, people got to realize making the transition from TV back to YouTube. The biggest thing is if people who do that is it, it literally had you, you need zero production quality or value even to be big on YouTube. Where on cable, it's very expensive. Like production for cable is so expensive. Um, everything's expensive with cable. Like it's it's ridiculous how much money my show costs me every year. It's ridiculous. Um, where YouTube, I when I was doing just YouTube, it was literally just me filming myself, or maybe I had a camera guy once in a while, or sure. a buddy holding a GoPro. And that's and you can have like like look at Robert Field, like yeah, like he films himself. He edits himself, you know what I mean? And he's got like what two or three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand subs, something like that. So sure. like you can do really well not on cable, and you can do really well on YouTube, and it's a crap load cheaper and a lot less pressure, a lot less rules. Um, you know, it's like the wild west on on YouTube, so it's a whole lot easier. But there is something about that, um, that validity of cable. Um, a lot of people watch cable still, and a lot of airtime um is is important on cable because so here's the thing. Ad space is what matters, right? Like everyone that's media is ads. That's yeah. it. Are you more likely to watch an ad on TV or watch an ad on YouTube? TV. Like I'm, I'm curious. TV. I don't, I don't watch TV at all. So I, I don't either. <laughs> it's on TV though. Like I, TV, I, I haven't, you're I haven't had TV, TV in <laughs> six years, five years, something like that. So the problem with the problem with, uh, you know, YouTube versus TV versus cable, I should say, um, even streaming, a lot of streaming doesn't have ads on the actual movies or anything like that. They're just before or after or on the page. Sure. Yep. So getting the most eyes on ads is so important. That's the biggest revenue stream out there is advertising. And you lose a lot of that on streaming and internet and stuff like that. So even on like the streaming apps, my commercials don't air. Um, they don't air commercials. They just air my show straight through on a lot of the streaming apps. So I lose commercial airtime on a lot of those where on cable, all my commercial spots air, which is what I get paid for. So sure. it's super important that cable's still there because cable has a better retention. If you're watching cable, you're not on the go. You're on your couch or in your office chair. Like, you know, I watch streaming all the time on my, my big TV. You, I'm pointing at it. You can't see it. But my big TV in my office, I watch streaming stuff all the time in my office. But I'm in a living room. I'm sitting down stationary. I'm not skipping ads. I'm not, you know, I, I have more attention on ads. I remember the commercials more often. There's a reason why you don't remember YouTube commercials that often versus remembering Super Bowl commercials on cable. It's just you you have your attention set. So I don't think cable is going to go away. And I don't think cable is dead at all. I think streaming is extremely important because people on the go, my younger audience is almost 99% streaming. Um, you know, my, my audience under 18, actually, I don't think, I don't think it's below 80%. So I think I'm around 80 something percent 
for my under 18 year old audience on my show overall. And it's almost all streaming. So oh. it's really important that streaming's there. But like I said, Discovery's on streaming, History Channel's on streaming, um, sure. HBO's on streaming. You know, it's like, I don't think it's going to go away. I'm not worried about it. I think it's just going to be one of those staples that you have to have. Like you just have to have streaming. You have to have digital. You have to have cable. You have to have all these things at once in order for something to be successful because there's so many different avenues now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. Um, and, and I see what you're saying when it comes to, you know, playing ads, you're, yeah. you're kind of forced to watch through those on TV. Like last time I watched actual tv was like three four weeks ago me and my wife were down to visit my daughter at college we were in a hotel room and we were like gosh like this has been forever since we've actually watched tv and and that was the one thing i was like yeah this sucks like there's tons of commercials but at the same time you start watching them because you're waiting for your show that you were watching to come back mm -hmm. on whereas you know in a lot of youtube ads yeah they have some non-skippable ads and things like that and I found recently on Amazon Prime, even uh, there's a they have like a, a section of free movies and it's usually movies you would have to pay for. But it, I think it's called like freebie movies with ads and they'll oh, yeah, do yeah. ad breaks, you know, throughout. So it's 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 interesting because I think you're going to start to see more of that um, kind of like the YouTube space on some of these streaming platforms where you're getting ad breaks in there and stuff like that. Um, but it, it, it's all interesting, you know, media these days and where that ad revenue is going. You know, it's it's an interesting conversation to me, uh, especially with, you know, what I got coming up here soon. So, yeah, no, it's super cool. <laughs> and, and I'm just super I'm just super honored that like we're on. It's just crazy to say that we're on Discovery Channel, because when I say it, then it like hits me like, holy crap, it sounds crazy. Um, but being able to see it on there is gonna be pretty cool. Like, I'm not gonna yeah. lie. I don't watch my own show. I maybe watch one episode a year on cable just to, to see what it looks like. And, you know, maybe once a year I do that. Sure. Um, but I'm not gonna lie on discovery channel. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna DVR every episode and I'm gonna watch every episode and just, just because I'm just gonna be geeked out. Like, you know, it's, it's one of those things that might wear off after the first year, but, um, I hope it never does to be honest with you, because I think it's such a cool opportunity. Like, it's one thing when I tell people like go on pursuit channel, um, pursuit channel is the biggest outdoor channel on direct TV and dish network and AT&T universe. It's really big down South. Um, up here, it's not on Xfinity. It's not on Comcast. So not, you can't like tell most people to go on and watch it because it's just, they don't have it. Um, they have to go and watch it on streaming. So being able to say discovery when it's like, that's available everywhere nationwide and every platform. Sure. Um, sure, so sure, sure. That that's going to be a little bit cooler for me just to be able to, you know, it's not very often I sit back and smell the roses, you know, and just like think about like what I'm doing is cool. Like I forget until I do like my kids camps where people are like, oh, my God, you get to do that for a living. It's so cool. And after a while, I'm like, yeah, you're right. It is pretty cool. I forgot. Like I'm just so like enveloped in the grind every day where I just forget like that. It's cool what I do. Sure. Um, so it's kind of cool to have a moment like that where I can be like, well, I know discovery also plays in like europe australia all that stuff is there opportunity for your show to air in those other areas of the world yeah as far as i know um so in the tv world you have to get your own your own um content subtitled you just send it out to, to a company there's like one company that does it for 
everybody in TV in the world, pretty much, or in the country, at least. And uh, when you send it out to get your closed captions done, you can select languages and stuff, too, so you can have it transcribed in other languages. Sure. Um, I'm almost positive that for Discovery Channel, um, it's it's in, like, I think, like, seven languages, I think. Okay. So I, I, I'm under the impression it'll air worldwide. Um, I know we do have, even on Pursuit Channel, we have a pretty good audience overseas just for the streaming side of it. Okay. Um, I know we have a lot of audience in Thailand um, because of the feel free affiliation to it. So we promoted sure. it in Thailand at one point. So I get a lot of like, even today on a post, I got a bunch of comments from Thailand and I was hitting translate to try to see what they were saying and nothing ever translate correctly. So I'm like, I don't know what that means. Um, so like, I usually have to ask somebody I know, I'm like, Hey, you know, Thai, you know how to speak Thai? Like, what is that? Um, but I know we have a following in like Indonesia, Thailand, um, Canada. That's cool. I wouldn't have connected the feel free thing. And and now that I think about it, I know John Rapp, you know, John. Rick. Yeah, I've seen him comments from folks over there from from the feel free headquarters and stuff like that for some of the stuff he does. Yep. Oh, yeah. They're based on I left that out. But yeah, they're based out of Thailand. So they're really yeah. big in Thailand. Like feel free is huge in Thailand. Like everybody That's who cool. kayaks in Thailand has a feel free. Um, That's cool. So it's, it's a big thing over there. So with the affiliation with my show and me being in Feel Free Kayaks all the time, like I naturally have a big audience over there in Indonesia and Thailand um, and a lot in New Zealand and stuff too. So it's, it's, it's cool that that happens already, but I don't know for sure. I mean, it's a really good question. I need to know um, about Discovery, if it's automatically going to air everywhere or if that's something I need to work out with them or I don't know. I know that's the captains, cool. like I said, I, I know I there was like seven languages. Um, so I, I don't know if that's just like a normal thing to do no matter what, or if that's specifically those languages for a reason. I don't know. Sure, 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 sure. I know it airs in Canada though, too, and um, which is you know, I forget all the time, but it's another country. So um yeah. that that means it airs everywhere. I mean, yeah, Canada's that's that's a huge market too that I think hasn't been tapped as well as it could could be uh as far as kayak fishing you know it's yeah it's well it's seasonal country, but it's yeah. seasonal a little bit more up there so that's why it's tough like sure. and, and and also most I, I shouldn't say most um almost every kayak based company is um either american or overseas they're not in china or that they're not in canada um like there's none over there um like no i know people. i'm just saying I, you don't see kayak fishing promoted as much as it potentially could be in canada with it being you know fishing is like a national holiday up there you know what i mean yeah no it's, it's a like big country, deal you know but you got to remember like getting stuff to canada um, yeah oh i know the, i know that's none, none of the manufacturers are are there um like shipping th in america when the products are made in america it's like really easy shipping to canada is not as easy and getting inventory and stuff like you know sure. some of my kayak fishing buddies from canada they've had problems with shipping before they had to ship it to michigan and come pick it up Same um, here. Yep, so yeah um I, I know that's part of it, but also it's just everyone I know from Canada that says the same thing too. They're like, oh, you know, it's hard because we only get like four months a year, you know, sure. in Canada. Um, you know, if you get three or four months a year, those three or four months are still cold. Like it's still not fun to be out in a kayak in 40 degree water, no matter what time of the year it is. So it's just a smaller market, um, I would assume. But you know what? I'm surprised. I'm surprised that kayak fishing isn't um, like what we see as kayak, like kayak bass fishing isn't bigger around the world. Um, yeah, I agree. Like in general, like I know that every country um, or every continent, I guess, has their indigenous fish and stuff like that. It's not always bass everywhere, but there's still bass, you know, everywhere almost. So like in, in at least the certain climates. So it, it always surprises me that like 
you see bass fishing as like an American thing. Like it's an American sport, but in reality, like there's ridiculous fishing around the world, like ridiculous, sure. like amazing fishing around the world. And, and there's amazing species to fish for on the world. Like imagine being in Argentina and, um, or anywhere in, you know, Brazil and going down the rivers over there and pulling out peacock bass this big. Yeah. Like, why isn't that like Arapaimas or whatever those are? Yeah, just, I mean, there's mm-hmm. dude, there's some fish in the Amazon that are just like, like, look at river I, monsters. I wouldn't even want to hook them. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with you. But why yeah. isn't it the sport bigger when they're like, like think of up here, like Jay knows, like up here with like Lake St. Clair, like sure. it's like having Lake St. Clair in Michigan and not going to fish it for musky once in a while just because they're crazy to do, like, mm. you know, it's the same idea. Like it surprises me that the sport of kayak bass fishing isn't global or more global um it just surprises me like we see in the feel free page a lot a lot of people from thailand do fish and a lot of there's, like, there's a lot of kayak fishermen in thailand um there's a lot of new zealand um like they're, they're out there but it's just it's not like it's not a big thing you know well that's well, it why could... you're going on discovery channel <clears throat> yeah, yeah and i know what i hope <laughs> i hope it gets that big everywhere that'd be great and i was just gonna say like i mean it, it kind of makes sense too, just because around the world you can't get those plastic boats everywhere. Um, you know, for many reasons, right. Um, you know, unless there's something of like a lesser, I guess I don't even want to say that just something more along the lines of, you know, a kayak in general. Um, I think it's just more of a financial thing, really. Sure. You know, as far as like reach around the world, I mean, you're going to see more boats because you know, there's access, there's exposure, and everything else in kayaks, yeah, it's, Japan, it's still new. Look at Japan, though. Japan's like a huge fishing culture, especially like, bass. Huge. So, look, why isn't kayak fishing massive? Like Japan, average smaller people. Yeah. Average, most of them eat fish. It's a very big fish eating culture. Yeah. Like huge fish. Like some of the best fishing baits and fishing ingenuity in the world is came from Japan. Yeah. So look at why that is Japan GDM market? Yeah. Yeah. Well, like why is Japan not just like like the jackhammer chatterbait? Yeah. Japan. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, why is Japan not like the mecca of kayak fishing? Like, sure. That, that always blew my mind too with Japan. It's like they used to make the best guitars, the best steel, the best like Japan's no joke when it comes to manufacturing and making stuff. Like, why is that not a big industry? Like, I don't know the reason. Like, I really don't. Like, I wish I did. Like, I'm sure there's some like logical explanation for it, but you know, there's a lot less bigger people in Japan. So they fit in kayaks easier. It seems like it'd be more suitable. Like, you know, there's less people J size so they can actually, you know, sit in them. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> the look at your yeah. face. Yeah. I looked right at your face on the screen. Yes. I sit down, like, I want to see his reaction. And you just went, I just remember you standing in a hole and looking like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded really weird. All right, yeah, well, ladies. We know ladies. ladies. <laughs> so real quick, man, before, this happened? before before we wind down, um, you gave us a teaser on the last time you came on about your new board game you're coming out with. What's the status? Where are we at? I know you've been teasing some pictures of some game pieces and things like that, man. So. Yeah, I can um, actually here I'll grab it. It's right in front of me. Hold on. All right. If he was taller, he could reach farther. Yeah, there's <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see him again. 
<laughs> it, it, it's it's cool, you know, that uh, Mikey's made his way on the Discovery Channel, man. That's like he said, it's it's put, helping put a, a bigger spotlight on our sport, and it should open up some opportunities, which is cool. Fish on, I like it. Still in the plastic. So this is the fish on board game. Um, this thing is super cool. So this is a full production model. Um, I think it's full of everything. Um, so the back, everything, like it's super cool. Um, I think this is full. So when you open it up, the camera's up a little high, but there's like the rules card. It looks like a boat launch sign. Nice. Out. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And how easy the rules are. It's super easy. This one's a first edition. So you get the first edition card right there with a certificate of authenticity because Seth Squatch is our mascot here. Nice. Um, and then when you open it up, you get the board right on top. I'm just going to give you guys a full overview of the game really quick. <laughs> I like it. I like it, man. Heck so yeah. uh, you got the board. And then when you open it up, there's some goodies down here in the bottom of the box. So you have the satchel of Seth's supplies, and that's where your cards and your dice are. Then you have your four game pieces, which are right here. Um, it's Seth front and back, so you get to fish as Seth just walking around going fishing. And then this one is a first edition, so it's got the commemorative, or creator edition, I mean. So it's got the commemorative uh, 3D piece that comes with it. And then, of course, the Bass Squatch Hunter trophy that you win every time you win a game, then the person gets the Bass Squatch Hunter trophy. Um, so what's really cool about this game is it teaches kids how to fish. It teaches adults how to fish. It teaches um, kids and adults, everybody, how fishing tournaments work. But it also gives kids, um, or I guess adults too, a realistic expectation of what a day of fishing is really like. Um, because you can catch seaweed. You can lose your fish to pike. Um, you can catch stick. You can get stuck on stumps or lily pads. Um, you can go back to start if you forget your life jacket. Um, if you forget your fishing license. Um, you can break a rod. There's all these things happen, but it also gives kids a realistic um, expectation of what fish are because it gives you different size bass and tells you how long they are and how much they weigh and different species too. So here's the board right here. This is Seth's world right here. Seth Squatch is the, the Sasquatch here. And uh, you can see there's five nets for each player. There's four players per game or up to four. You can play with two. Um, and when you go around, you want to land on these little spots that say fish on um, and try to avoid obstacles. It's hard to see because I'm backwards in the camera. Sure. Um, you want to avoid all the obstacles and everything. But the fish on squares are important because if you land on a fish on square, you pull a card. So you get one of the, one of the fish on cards right here. And then you can get different things like a basquatch that's eight and a half pounds and 24 inches, or you can get a tree pounder, which is a branch and you got to go back a few spaces. Um, you can get seaweed, which has grass bass on it. You can break your rod. Um, there's all these different, um, I'll fan them out right here so you can see them on camera. Um, all these different cards, you can get a pike and lose your fish. Um, all these different things that are expectations of what it's like to really go fishing and you move around the board. So when someone gets to the finish line, you add up all the fish in, in your nets and see who has the heaviest or the longest um, fish total. And then oh, that's cool trophy. So it, it works just like a tournament. It teaches you how to call fish. So if you get five and you get a bigger one, then you can call out your smallest one. Um, and there's smallmouth bass in here, largemouth bass. There's bass watch cards that are the biggest bass. Um, there's bluegill, there's pike. There's all these different things that happen when you catch different fish too. Um, so it's a really, really, really fun game. And you can also get stuck in like, uh, 
lily pads and tree stumps where you have to roll um the dice has his face on two sides you have to roll seth's face to get off of the lily pads or tree stumps um so it gives like a really realistic expectation of what we all encounter when we go out fishing for the day whether we catch three fish or four fish or five fish or one fish or no fish um or if you forget your life jacket you have to go back to start it, it just there's so many lessons in this game but it's funny because like when the guys test or when the adults tested i should say it turned into a drinking game like got super competitive like, <laughs> talking like we tested this for like three or four months with adults and then like two or three months with kids um well we've, i've been working on this for almost a year now actually and sure. uh the adults made it into a drinking game like every time you get a basquatch card we're doing a shot every time you lose a fish we're doing a shot um every time we're doing a shot we're doing a shot you know <laughs> so like and it gets like even me and my buddies are playing it like it gets like you start talking trash like it gets competitive and then the game ends whenever people like you can go around in circles around the lake as many times as you want and then when you want to get out of the tournament or you think that you have enough fish and you're winning then you yeah. go one of, the, one of the outlets out and you got to avoid obstacles on your way out and you can lose a fish right at the end by it from a pike and if you land on that pike spot which is right yeah. at the exit and you lose a fish the whole tournament just changed because now you're on your way out you can't go back once you're on your way out if you don't have enough fish anymore then you could lose by one inch you could lose by one pound um and, and that's what's so cool about it the average game lasts for 10 to 12 minutes so you get to like play these little mini tournaments with your buddies or if it's kids and they get to learn how these work and learn how math works with fish and you know yeah how many times does a kid come up to you guys or anybody that's listening and say i caught a 32 inch bass or i got a 15 pound bass so, like they have no idea what yeah sure are. not that they're liars they just don't know uh, they're sure. so excited they're exaggerating it um so this helps them with that too where they're like hey the bass watch was 10 pounds and it was 26 inches or whatever it is on there 20 25 and a half inches um then that gives them a realistic expectation when they catch a you know whether if they're in the south at least they get a 10 pound bass they know that's a bass watch like that's a double digit bass is a bass watch um then they can tell their buddies like hey i got a 10 pound bass now it's realistic now they know what to expect sure um, they catch a northern pike and it breaks their line or takes their fish off the line they're not going to get discouraged from fishing because they've learned that in this board game that it happens it's just part of fishing that's like, cool man things that can happen I, I love the concept, man, and, and the lessons in there are very important for sure. For yeah, sure. it's super cool. It's it's so much fun. The back of the game also has like the rules and um like everything you need on it. It's like a, such an easy game to play, but it's so much fun. Um, and we had it on Kickstarter. The Kickstarter campaign just ended the other day. Um, I made a very big mistake on Kickstarter, so we didn't actually get our funding the first time around. Um, I made a mistake promoting it. Um and just screwed up a bunch of stuff I was doing. So it didn't get promoted the way I wanted it to. So we're redoing some stuff on there and doing a new Kickstarter in a couple of weeks here. Um, so they will be back up for, for sale on there and then people can go on <laughs> and get one. Um, and then we'll be able to get a, we already have them in production. They're done. There's no prototype testing anymore. Like these are full production. Um, we just can't order a big enough quantity to have an inventory because they're so expensive. Sure. Um, so to get these things made, uh, we have to order a hundred. Um, if we order less, like our first runs 25 and they were, mm -hmm. they cost us over 50 bucks a piece. Um, so, which we can't sell it for anything above that, obviously. So in order to get en enough in, to be able to sell them at a normal, reasonable price, we have to order a hundred or more to get price breaks. So that's why we're doing Kickstarter for it. Just so we can afford to get an inventory in so we can sell it cheaper to you guys. Sure. Um, and then after our Kickstarter goes off and successful, which will um, probably end in January ish or February, 
then we'll have them uh, on Amazon. And um, we have two new websites that we're launching with the games on it. And um, we have some retailers already that are going to pre-order them too. So the game will be out. Um, But there is a thing, if you guys have like 48 more seconds or minutes, um, I do want to announce one more thing, if that's cool with you guys. Oh, yeah. Nope. 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 Cut it. Okay. You know what? (laughs) All right. That's it. We're out. (laughs) Thanks for coming, Mike. (laughs) That's funny. He's got his... Dude, oh, I literally have these queued up, man. Like, I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Not Christmas. Yeah. Yet, bro. I know. All right. That's, so, it's only 30 thing. seconds left. So, what do you got? <laughs> okay. So, um, our first of many children's books is almost completed, being illustrated right now. Nice. Um, it's We have 12 children's books. There's a series of 12. They're already all planned out. First two are written. Um, the first one took a while for the editor and everything to go through, and now the illustrator is doing his magic on it. But um, it's a whole series of books based on Seth Squatch, on our character. Um, and uh, I'll, I'm going to say this really quick, so I apologize for everyone trying to keep up here, but I'm going to be quick so I don't have to be on here too long with you guys. Not no, that I don't want to be. I just don't want to overstate my welcome here. No, you're good, um, man. So the first book is his origin story. And the story behind Seth Squatch, the whole thing is loosely based on my show. And and there's like little things that I hit in there that are like personal to me. Um, the story of Seth Squatch is that he's a Sasquatch. has been hiding in the woods for hundreds of years. And um, his grandpappy Sam Squatch back in the you know 1800s got spotted in that famous pose like this, you know. And uh, someone got a picture of him. So ever since then, his family has been in hiding because they don't want to be found. And, you know, then the humans will mess with them or whatever. Um, so they're in hiding. Um, a kayak fisherman wandered back in the woods and was trying to find a remote area that only kayaks could go and found this river system and ended up stumbling across Sasquatch or Seth Squatch. Um, and Seth saw his first human and decided that, you know what, I want to talk to him and see what it's all about. I've never met anyone different than me. Like, let me see what happens. Well, the fisherman taught him how to fish. He caught the biggest fish he's ever seen, which was a Sasquatch-sized fish that they called a Basquatch. Um, and then the kayak fisherman said, hey, you know what? We'll start calling you the Basquatch Hunter because you caught the biggest fish I've ever seen, which is kind of how I got my nickname from my buddies back in the day. And that's also what the show is based around. Um, well, then Seth was like, well, I met a human and he wasn't scary. I actually learned something from him. It was super cool. Now I want to see what I've been missing all these years. I've been hiding for hundreds of years. What else is out in the world? Like now I'm going to go hunting instead of sitting in the woods hiding. So then he goes out of the woods and meets new people every single time he goes out. So there's a book based around every time that he decides to go out out of the woods. He meets a NASCAR driver that flies by the woods. He's like, oh my God, what do you do? He's like, I drive cars. What do you do? He's like, I'm a Sasquatch. So uh He's like, will you teach me how to drive? So he learns how to be focused and learns how to not be distracted and learns how to have determination and learns all these good traits from learning how to drive. Then he tells the driver like, hey, let me teach you what I'm passionate about. Let me take you back in the woods and show you where I learned how to fish and teach you how to fish. Then they go back into his world, which is the board game map. Um, and they take him. he takes different people that he meets fishing in different parts of the, of the map and learns new things from new people and realizes that people aren't really scary and people that are different than him are actually pretty cool. So every book is a different experience based on the actual TV show. So he meets a NASCAR driver, just like we filmed with one. Um, and he learns what things that I learned from the NASCAR driver. Then he meets a firefighter. He meets a comedian. He meets, um, you know, uh, in the winter series, he meets a figure skater, a snowboarder, a hockey player. And then the kayak fisherman comes back to teach him how to ice fish first. So he takes everyone ice fishing in the river. Um, so there's like all these, there's four books in each series. There's three series total. And they're all based off our show and different things that I've learned from people that are different than me. And 
we're really hoping that when those come out, that a lot of the kids that read them and the parents that even read them to their kids will realize that trying something new is really cool sometimes. And even though it's scary, it usually has a good reward. If, if it's worth it, it's going to be scary. So it's worth trying new things and meeting new people and seeing what else is out there and not being afraid to take that jump and do something completely different to see what you find. Um, so we have those coming out too. And I haven't talked about those yet publicly. Mm -hmm. So um, the first book, the origin story book will be out in the next uh, probably month. It'll be out right after Christmas, I think. Nice. Um, the second book will be done right after that. The whole first four will be done um, within the next couple months here. Um, and then we'll have the first series done and then the winter series. First series is fall, then winter, then summer. Very cool, man. It's it's so cool, Mike. Like you have uh, you've definitely thought outside of the box, you know, compared to other fishermen, TV personalities, things like that, man. And it's uh, your head's in the right split. Ugh, your head is in the right place and your heart is as well, dude. And uh, it's super cool, man. Uh, it's it's completely awesome to see what you're doing and. And the things you're doing to help not only promote the sport, promote it in the right way, bring kids into it, everything like that, man. You just don't see that anymore, dude. And it's it's super awesome. Well, it should be, though, because what's cool is like finding something you love to do. But what's even cooler is like showing someone else how much fun it is and then seeing them fall in love with it. And that's Absolutely. what like every guest I have in my show is different, except we all have that one thing in common that we do what we love for a living. We have our own like passionate thing that we do instead of working at a desk, like sure. whether they're athletes or comedians or dairy farmers or country singers or you know, whatever, you know, we all chased our dreams and are doing something we're passionate about. So being able to share fishing with these people who usually have never fished and watching them, like not one guest has ever been, oh, sorry, one guest didn't like fish. She was scared of fish, but every other guest has been like, holy crap, what a cool, but he fell in love with the kayak though. So I can, I can include him. Sure. Um, but like everyone I've taken out kayak fishing, even if they've never been in a kayak, they've never held a fishing rod. Every single guest I've had has been like, holy crap, is this cool? Like, I never knew this existed. Like it's so, I hear the same things. It's peaceful. It's quiet. It's like therapeutic. It's, it's, it's exciting. It's, it's like a Jack in the box waiting for a fish to bite. Um, it's not as hard as they thought. Like anybody could do it. Like all that feedback is why I do that kind of stuff because it's so freaking cool. It's so cool to see somebody else fall in love or at least get excited about something that you are excited about. You know, I've always made that comment where being on top of a mountain is cool, but being on top of a mountain with everybody else and celebrating is even cooler. Um, and that's how I've always felt where like, if I do something cool, like I want to share it with everybody. Like if I find something cool, I want to tell everybody about it. And that's how I started this whole sport in my whole career is I got a kayak and nobody believed me that you could stand up in it. Nobody believed me you could catch fish out of it. Cause everyone had bass boats. I live around like 20 lakes sure. and everyone laughed at me about it until I started sharing videos and they're like, Oh shoot. Like yeah. what a cool, th like that's a kayak. And I'm like, yeah, dude, try it out. And then it turned into like the reason why I have six kayaks now is because I let everybody try them all the time. And I get so excited. Like I grab people off the shore that are fishing or kids or whatever. I'm like, Hey, you ever tried a kayak? No, jump in mine. Here's a life jacket. Here's a kayak. Here's a rod. And then they fall in love with it. And it's like, man, is that addicting? Like that's it's awesome. so addicting. And that's what everything I do is all about is I just want everybody to have fun and everybody to find something they're passionate about. And, you know, I was so miserable so many times in my life and just wanted to find something that made me happy. And it's so cool that I finally found that thing that I can help others. I can make an impact. I can do pay it forward stuff. I can, I can do what I want with my show. Like I can do everything I wanted to do. I can work with kids, like all the stuff I love doing. I get to do that all the time now. Like it's so freaking cool. That's awesome, man. I think that's a, 
an epic spot and way to end the show yes um dude we thank you so much for your time and uh, dude thank you guys for having every, me on. everything you guys you're like, doing it's you guys just, are the best it's cool man i'm the best jay eh. no you're both the best man like seriously uh, guys like like i do i do a few podcasts you know i do i do interviews and stuff and i listen to a lot of podcasts and like everyone's got great stuff like just like i always say in the industry with kayaks and with any any industry like everyone's got something for someone like everyone's got sure. good stuff it's just a matter if it's right for you or not but your guys's podcast man's always awesome you always like have a great conversation like i know i mess with you guys a lot with jay a lot but like it's out of respect and love you know like i love being on your platform like i get excited like legitimately excited when i'm like oh i get to talk to jay and brian again like <laughs> i get to share some new cool stuff it's just like me and you guys are all talking like buddies but people get to like chime in and listen too so sure, like, sure, sure you know sure. all jokes and like you know flirtations aside like i love being on here flirtations. <laughs> I, love, uh, I love it i, I feel it. like there should be a compilation jay, of videos jay, of jay just turned and, a little red yeah i feel like i turned red the, the lighting in here is bad oh yeah, yeah. Mm. you guys need to make a compilation of just like times that me and jay have said inappropriate things to each other on here uh yeah Pizza. that's great like i was thinking of like teasers to make you'll never get on discovery <laughs> yeah pedal and fit after dark <laughs> <laughs> we've done a couple of those and we still it's, like whoa. we're gonna have our own show jay it'll be called fishman in paradise yeah, yeah oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> randall final thoughts my friend Sorry, no, Mikey. No, uh, <laughs> You're like, uh, get out of my podcast. <laughs> yeah, I that was longer than 48 seconds. Uh, but <laughs> dude, I talk so much. <laughs> you should know better. When I say 48 seconds, I'm at 48 minutes. <laughs> no, it's always good to see you, man. Yeah, it's pretty cool what you're doing. Um, you're making some strides, brother. Cool, man. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That, that was a very awkward end there, Jay. Uh, I'm sorry, just I don't know. Say, like, I, I thought that was going to segue wait, wait. into something else, but I you know. just went Maybe. to awkward it, silence. It, it, it's all the pitches at the end, right? So, it's, hey, Jay, I'm I not like a newscaster. Podcast. Yeah, the podcast is awesome. Yeah, like you're, you, like you're pretty cool, and uh, and yeah, you do cool things too, and your hat is cool, and your wall. <laughs> That's right. I just sit there. And you're stuck. Oh, man. You know, Schiller? I used to have a cricket sound on my thing here. I don't have it anymore, but I have that at least. There you go. There you go. But either way, thanks for having me on, guys. I really no. appreciate it. Um, Thank you, man. Check out the show at all the links you guys posted for me. It's basquatchhunter.com is the main oh, That was um, the one question I, I kept meaning to ask you. When does the first episode air on Discovery? Do you know uh, that yet? Yeah may all right i think right. it's the first week of may i don't have the exact date in front of me um pursuit channel i have that contract in front of me because i just signed it uh pursuit channel we start airing first week of april we air saturdays mondays wednesdays and fridays same air times we had last year actually nice. um and then discovery will be saturday mornings um set your dvrs it's an early morning spot so set your dvr so you can watch it um it's early saturday mornings and i'm almost positive that it's um starts in may first week okay of but i'll nice. post it as i think right after the new year is when everything kind of gets like set up right now everything is just everything is just like it's like taking all the stuff i need to know about discovery channel stuff putting it in my hand and then throwing it up in the air and then trying to like figure out what's where it goes like that's sure. what i'm doing right now is trying to figure out where it all goes Very cool, so it's man. just been a, it's been a lot like like i said we added more crew members we added like it's just nuts how fast everything moved like it's just it happened so late in the year where we didn't have time to really like 
prepare for everything to happen so quick. So now everything is happening so quick. And now we're talking into like the brands that I'm talking to are just ridiculous. Like, I can't believe I'm on the phone. Like today I got the phone and I like did like a little dance around the house and everything. I was like, Holy crap. Like some of the people I get to talk to right now because, because cool. of discovery channel, because of what we've done with the show. Sure. Um, it's great. I talked to a marketing director today. Um, I promised my last story and the marketing director is from a different state. We were in Pennsylvania and she was like, yeah, so I, I was talking to my kid. Oh no, she's in Florida. The company's in Pennsylvania. She's in Florida. She goes, I was talking to my kid. I told her, I told her, or told him I had a meeting um, with a Basquatch hunter and he was like, oh my God. And he pulled up his phone and showed me on YouTube. He watches your YouTube channel. And I was like, holy crap. Is that awesome? That's cool. Like, I'm like, not only does that feel awesome, but also I'm like, hopefully that's a good end. Like your kid knows me. <laughs> so, sure, you know, sure, so like, sure. it's super cool to like the people that I get to talk to now and the fact that they know about my show already, like they, they've heard of it. And even if it's from their kid, like, it's just such a cool, like, like, I feel like I'm finally doing something. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm fi- like, I, I don't want to say, I feel like I've made it. Cause I definitely haven't, but like, I feel like I'm finally hitting that spot where, it's You're hitting that all, stride, man. It's all becoming worth it. Like it's all paying off a little bit. Where all, I'm like, oh. all the all the puzzle pieces are going together, brother. Yeah, all the game pieces are there working. Go. Sure board game. You, you missed the opportunity there, Mike. Yep, BasquatchHunter.com, guys. I just redid a lot of the website in the last forty-eight hours, so um, you can buy. We have a lot of new apparel on there. We have a whole lot of new stuff coming out all the time on there. We actually have a whole new shop section because I know I announced a huge thing with the children's books today, and we talked about the board game. But we also have three other products that we're working on right now too that I'm really excited about. Like super, excited. I've been working on them for a long time. And they're finally coming to fruition now. So we'll have a whole little Basquatch store set up on there. Um, but right now you can get some really cool apparel. We have all brand new logos. We have three new logos on there. Um, so check that out, guys. And see our socials. Subscribe on YouTube. There you go. The links will, for all that stuff will be down in the show notes for you guys right. and gals listening on the podcast platforms. But uh, we appreciate you, Mike. Everybody tuning in. Important. We appreciate Sorry. you well. Super well. important. Sorry. Thank you to everybody who's listening to this podcast too. Make sure you guys check out all their podcasts too. They're all awesome. Even the ones that I'm not on. There you go. See, <laughs> Mike even lifted you up there in a way, Jay. I can't lift Jay up. Look how big he is. Come on. Oh, oh Jesus. God. Oh, Jesus. On that note, small. boys and girls, I'm go we will see you here. next week. We're here every, uh, actually we won't see you next week. Uh, we wish you guys all a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, hope you eat well, get time. Uh, spend some good time with your friends your family and all your loved ones uh we'll be back the following week uh that's uh is that when we're talking to mr j uh yeah it can be yeah, well, yeah go ahead and just say it all I right. guess. Uh, well, well we'll have jameson redding coming on uh jackson just launched that new kusa x so we're gonna have him on talking about that a little mm-hmm. bit uh so we got some cool things in the works uh i know yeah, when that show airs, I can I can let the, the juice flow. So we'll leave it at that. Uh, we will see you guys uh, the week after Thanksgiving, that Thursday. Thanks, everybody, that uh, <laughs> tuned in, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Till next time, boys and girls, tight lines, smooth paddling. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Finn. Be sure to drop a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on. Be sure to check us out on Waypoint TV, waypointtv.com. 
make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash paddleandfin. Don't forget to check out the website, paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures. Your Midwest premier paddle sports destination. Go to rocktownadventures.com. Eastport Marina, the beautiful destination on Dale Hollow Lake. If you're looking for lodging, kayaks, kayak accessories, or anything fishing related on the beautiful Dale Hollow Lake, go to eastport.info. And Jigmasters Jigs, when in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and fill your tax 